What is up? Welcome to Football Life Presents the Audible. It is Tuesday, February 23rd. We are back after a week absence. We haven't been here since the 9th, but after our Super Bowl recap show, I am your host, Randy Hammond. Happy to be back with all of you here today. I'm with, as always, with my man, the guy who watches more football tape than anyone I've ever met, anyone I've ever talked to, Matt Bushnell. Uh, I assume it's warmer in Arizona. Just give us the update. I know you're going to do it anyway. Randy, it is a blistering 79 degrees here right now. Um, we're just on that fringe where it's going to start entering death summer mode right around the corner. So please pray for us. Yeah, as it has been, uh, it's like the eighth consecutive day. It's been snowing here in upstate New York. I do not envy you at all. So uh, you chose to live in Arizona, then you have to sweat with it. So uh, enjoy that. Uh, but we have a, a, an interesting show for you today. We have so much news that we have to get to that we since we've last spoken to all of you. And today is the day the NFL tag uh, deadline begins. So teams can start tagging their own players and we'll break that down and what names are, are out there to be tagged and who's going to get tagged and who's not. And then we're going to do a little free agency primer for you. And what that means is we're going to go down the list of i don't know 25 30 of the best free agent options and you know predict where they're going to go and uh that'll be a fun segment as well and then we get a little karen action at the end someone gets a little butthurt about something that might have happened uh in a super bowl uh championship parade so i think you might know where i'm going with there but matt bushnell let's start off with the biggest news since the last time we spoke and the qb carousel continues carson wentz Traded from the Philadelphia Eagles to the Indianapolis Colts for a conditional second round pick that could turn into a first round pick and a third round pick being reunited now with Frank Reich, the guy who was the offensive coordinator when Wentz was an MVP candidate in 2017 and the man who was the offensive coordinator when the Eagles won the Super Bowl. So, um, you know, Wentz never had more success than what he had with Frank Reich. So I think this is the best fit. And to be honest with you, Matt, I think this was the only fit. Absolutely, Randy. For him to gain familiarity with Frank Reich, to have that bond. My issue with Carson Wentz is there's a ton of baggage here with this quarterback. One, he has that diva personality. A lot of Eagles players favored Nick Foles over him. So I think you judge a quarterback by how his teammates welcome him. And then I was listening to a couple pro football focus podcasts, and I can't remember who broke this stat down but they measure rating on third and fourth down as a unstable stat. It's something that doesn't, that's based on luck. And Carson Wentz's best year in 2017 was only three points better than his worst year. Mm. So it shows, it's almost like Bob Bip in baseball for our baseball watching audience out there. It's not sustainable to expect him to go back to his 2017 form. So they are projecting that we have seen the best of Carson Wentz at this point in time, and that you're more likely to see a little bit of variance from his worst season. So for the Colts, I mean, it makes sense to take a gamble on a quarterback that has a lot of arm strength, a lot of talent, but one, he's a head case, and two, he might have been lucky in that MVP season. So that Eagles team was pretty loaded. I don't think people realize how good that team really was yeah. and had a great coaching staff and a lot of good players on it overall. Um, you know, 
I, I think the, the the Eagles really shot themselves in the foot here because the Bears had a better trade offer on the table. Um, you're the Bears fan here, Matt, so I'm going to let you break that down. But the Eagles got greedy, thought they could get more for Wentz, and turns out, you know, with his contract, which I'll talk about in a second, um, you know, he's he's gonna the Colts are gonna uh, take on his contract of 128 million and the 10 million guaranteed, which is due on in March 19th. But the Bears were like, hey, you know, we need an upgrade at quarterback. However much of an upgrade he is over Mitch Trubisky. We're going to give you what was the specifics of the deal, Matt? I, I don't know it off the top of my head, but it was a lot more than they got. Well, it, it really depends on who you're citing as sources now, because okay. there's about three different reports out there. One saying that, you know, the Bears would have offered two second round picks. There's another report out there where the Bears didn't make the Eagles any offer. And that's been reported by a couple of high profile Chicago people that I would mm -hmm. tend to believe here. Okay. Um, they've at, they asked Carson Wentz if he wanted to be a Chicago Bear, and he said no. And they mm -hmm. were like, okay, we're done. You know, so the Bears dropped out. And really, it was a lot of the Eagles internal people leaking that he was going to be a Bear, leaking that it was a first round pick. There was no first round pick on the table for Carson Wentz from any team. So whether you want to say the Bears offer two second round picks, that's that could be a possibility. You know, if mm -hmm. you want to believe the Chicago guys where they didn't offer anything, then they didn't offer anything. Obviously, the Bears have higher draft picks than the Colts would have. So in theory, the Bears would have had a better offer. But to me, the Bears lucked out here. When mm -hmm. I, I think you go about this with a quarterback, one that has an attitude issue. And trust me, the Bears have issues. Wentz does not play well when he's getting beat up. And this Bears offensive line is probably worse than the Eagles offensive line at this point in time. So to me, you, you saved yourself a headache just because I don't think this Bears team is there to really exploit any strengths that Wentz has. Yeah, I think Carson Wentz is an incredibly flawed quarterback in the NFL. I think he is super talented and has a lot of potential. And ultimately, I think uh, maybe besides the 49ers, he probably landed in the best case possible. Much better offensive line, much better running game, much better play caller offensively. So, you know, this is a chance for him to succeed. Um, on the Eagles side, they have a nearly $34 million dead cap hit. Um, and it's the largest dead cap hit any team has ever taken for a player in NFL history, which is wild. But, hey, you give this guy a crazy extension and you're ready to move on you're ready for that uh and it, there could be some incentive for the eagles as well if if, if wentz plays 75 percent of offensive snaps for the colts that second round pick turns into a first round pick yep. um so you know wentz's health is huge here and you know maybe with a better offensive line wentz will stay healthy yeah who knows but um he has dealt with the uh, pressure from the eagles the last couple of years with the injuries on the offensive line from them i just i, I don't know about carson wentz and I like Jalen Hurts, so I think the Eagles should move forward with Jalen Hurts. But now there's reports that they might not do that. So there's a whole aspect of Philly that they might take a quarterback in the first round. Now they have their sixth overall pick as of now. If you're Philly, Matt, uh, I don't know about you, but I would just kind of roll out there with Hurts and see what he's got. Yeah, to me, this just does not make any sense whatsoever what you're doing. I, I actually like Jalen Hurts' potential. I think he can do some things. He's still raw as a young quarterback. But there's some things that you see that it, it's it's there. He has some tools that are tangible. Why you want to give up on a guy that you spent a second round pick on? The only way this makes sense is if you get a first round pick for Hertz, and I don't know if that's out there either. So you're going to trade 
you know, when, so you drafted with the number two overall pick, you traded up to get him, And now you're also looking to trade Jalen Hurts, who you drafted with a second round pick. I mean, someone please explain to me what the Eagles brass is thinking in this situation. <laughs> like at, to me, I've watched, you know, I've watched some draft tape right now on Justin Fields. I, I don't see much of a difference between him and Hurts. It looks like the same player. I would rather have Hurts than Fields. Especially you already got him in the building and you can help Hurts with another asset. It's, you know, it's team building one-on-one. Absolutely. I mean, if, if you were to tell me Zach Wilson's available, okay, maybe. If you yeah. tell me that Trevor Lawrence, and let's not kid ourselves, Trevor Lawrence <laughs> no. is not going to be there past one. No. So, I mean, after those two, I don't love, I mean, I don't even love this quarterback class past um, Trevor Lawrence. Trevor Lawrence is the jewel in this draft after that in the quarterback position, it's a steep, steep drop off. I mean, it is massive. So to me, you're getting rid of one quarterback to draft the same quarterback. Yeah. I don't know what the Eagles are doing. Um, they fired Peterson after committing to Peterson and they committed to Wentz. Now they're trading Wentz. They hired a coach to cater to Wentz and now the coach is there without Wentz. I have no idea what the Eagles are doing. As someone who hates the Philadelphia Eagles from a fan perspective, I enjoy this <laughs> quite a lot. Uh, but my luck knowing that Jalen Hurts will turn into the next Russell Wilson and torture me for 10 years, who knows? Uh, but to wrap a bow on this conversation in a less serious matter, uh, when Wentz gets to Indianapolis, his coveted number 11 is already taken by your guy Michael Pittman Jr. who is saying he refuses to give him number 11 and that is his number for personal reasons now I don't know what those personal reasons are but now I just want to ask you Matt what number is going to be a Carson Wentz what is the best quarterback number a side tangent a quick side combo here you know if, if Carson Wentz has the pick of the litter for any quarterback number he's obviously not gonna have 18 he might not be allowed to have 12 for Indianapolis he's not gonna have 19 for Johnny Unitas but all the other numbers besides 11 and those three what what, what number would you pick if you I, mean, I might lean towards, uh, you know, I'm always partial to number seven. You know, it's yeah. always been one of my favorite numbers. And then also, you know, number four. I, I think number four and number seven fit well for quarterbacks. Seven is the best quarterback number, I think. And maybe 12 is starting to become that, um, which is a damn good number, I think, for a quarterback. But seven's a good one. If he wants to stay in the double digits, I could see 10 being an option for him. And if he wants to stick to just the numbers, I would go one. But one is kind of designated for, like, little guys. So I think one might look a little weird. But Cam Newton pulled off one for a long time. He's not a small guy by any means. So we'll see. Uh, in less serious news, we're doing quarterback number talk this <laughs> just February on the Audible. Uh, <laughs> All right, we're going to move on. Uh, since we've last spoken, J.J. Watts uh, and the Texans have agreed to part ways. And, uh, you know, I understand. Like, I, our, we probably think similarly, like J.J. Watts, probably not the same guy he used to be. But all things considered, uh, J.J. Watt is probably the best player in their franchise's history. He's three-time yeah. defensive player of the year. Uh, he's probably going to make the Hall of Fame. So, you know, for fans of the Texans, this is a huge deal. Um you know, I don't think he's the same guy in 2021, Matt, but this guy is going to be a guy uh, that could come in and maybe if he's the second or third pass rushing option on the team, could make a difference for someone. Yeah, it's for J.J. Watt, really, it's about finding the right fit. There are reports out there that he wants the package of winning and money. So you take a look at a lot of the teams that are capable of winning right now. Not a lot of them have a whole lot of money. And we'll touch on the free agency cap situation that Randy so graciously pulled up for us <laughs> for this show. But honestly, I only think a one, I just go back to the one team that makes the most logical sense that has the money and the ability to win. 
and that's the Cleveland Browns. I, I don't think Pittsburgh makes a lot of sense for them, Randy. I, Green Bay is obviously, I think, probably the best fit. If you want to win a Super Bowl, you get there in Green Bay, but they don't have the money to give them. So, you know, I was going to wait to predict where I think he's going to go, but since we're talking about it, um, you know, he wants combination of money and winning. The Indianapolis Colts uh, have $55 million in cap space. So uh, I think the Colts would be a great option for him to go if he wants to get paid. Uh, I think he could fit in with their already pretty talented defense and make an impact. And it's in division, so he could go and kind of torture the Texans a little bit, a la Brett Favre back with the Vikings and a couple other, uh, you know, instances of that as well. I originally, when this news first broke, thought there was down between to, to three teams. I, I thought the Packers, because he's from Wisconsin, he went to the University of Wisconsin, would be a nice homecoming for him the Steelers because his two brothers play there just make it a Watt family reunion but they don't have a ton of money and you know their winning situation might not be uh the greatest right now and uh you know Cleveland I would love just from uh because I I'm, a, I'm I'm becoming a Browns fan I don't know how this happened but I <laughs> I just love uh that you know how how they're developing and how they've come from just the worst team ever to be developing into you know not a contender quite yet but a a consistent playoff presence uh, and I think JJ Watt could be a nice leader aside with Miles Garrett he doesn't have to be the number one option Miles Garrett could kind of carry that load too so with Olivia Vernon's injury too there's obviously a need for another pass rusher on the Browns um, but if he wants money and winning Colts is probably the best fit for him so I, I I think we all agree Randy that JJ Watt has had a superb career three-time defensive NFL defensive player of the year yep. really just a fantastic career from a Wisconsin kid that you know, the Texans got ripped for drafting as high as they drafted him. Mm -hmm. But at his best at this point, what do you think J.J. Watt would provide to a team like Cleveland or to a team, let's say, if he decided to go to the Packers? Like, I, I don't want to say, like, there's some intangible things like leadership that I think he could provide, veteran uh, locker room presence. Um, you know, I'll, I'll just – you know, the last year he played all 16 games. He only had five sacks. So, you know, I think health is a big issue for him at this point in his career. He had elbow problems. He said shoulder problems. Um, and he only had 17 quarterback hits, two forced fumbles, and 29 pressures. But I also think he is, like, one of the only guys on that Texans defense. I think he's the one getting the double team. And a lot of, like, times he's the guy that other teams are focusing on. He's not that guy anymore. If this isn't 2012 to 2015, J.J. Watt, who was unbelievable uh, in that four-year run, this guy is – it reminds me of, like, DeMarcus Ware sort of when he was on the Broncos back in 2015. Like, he had success because he had Von Miller on the other side of the ball. But he still – if he was by himself, he wouldn't have had the same success. So I think he could totally be a second pass rusher on the opposite side of an elite pass rusher or be a third guy. I would love to see a team use him like the Giants used to use Justin Tuck in like a NASCAR package, put him in, in like in the interior and let him rush the passer. He's not going to be a run stuffer capable of yeah. that, but I would just put him in there uh, next to a pass rusher on the outside and let him do, do work in there. So in the comments, there's some interesting comments here. Bills would be an interesting choice by Jacob Anthony Moses. And I agree. Yeah, I, I do. I think that's a, a pretty logical fit. And then Felipe Melicio from the Total – well, Jacob from the Step Back podcast. And then Felipe from Total Bases podcast. I'm not liking the lack of Bears talk in regards to what. So uh -huh. I promised I wouldn't do this to myself, but let me just address this. Um, a, a lot of Bears fans, you know, want what – some don't, some do, but I, I think the overall, you probably get 50, over 50% that want Watt. 
I don't get the fan base to this franchise. We've watched them hold the Saints to what? What was it, like 22, 24 points? And the offense couldn't do jack squat. We saw them hold the Packers to minimum amount of points. The offense couldn't do anything. The Bears have about 70% of their salary cap tied into the defense. In an era where everything favors the offense, you're building your defense. Mm-hmm. And the money's not tied up just in the defensive line. We're talking secondary and linebackers. This model does not work in today's NFL. It's no. been proven again. You soup up your offense and you soup up your defensive line. You put pressure on the quarterback and you try to score as many points as you can. The Bears don't need J.J. Watt. J.J. Watt makes this team marginally better. That's it. That's all I'm saying about the Bears and J.J. Watt. Doesn't sound like a fit to me. There's other teams that he would be better for, honestly. Bears have so many other issues, especially on the offensive side of the ball. I would stay away. Uh, All right, Matt, we've spent a lot of time on J.J. Watt. I don't need to go over his accolades. You guys all know that uh, he could make a team very happy or he could cripple a team, like, uh, you know, depending on where he signs it for how much. So we'll monitor the J.J. Watt situation. And he's comparing being a free agent to ordering takeout. So he's enjoying himself a little bit, I think, uh, for the first time (laughs) in his 10-year career. He's a free agent, so good for him. Uh, It's probably nice to feel wanted. All right, we're going to do a quick QB carousel here. I mean, there's not a ton of uh, actual news outside of, you know, the Carson Wentz trade. Uh, The Jets are no rush to move on from Sam Darnold. They're going to evaluate the quarterbacks in the draft and figure out what to do from there. The Panthers are sniffing around, potentially looking to make a move uh, to move on from Teddy Bridgewater. Deshaun Watson remains adamant that he wants out of Houston, and the Texans remain adamant that they are not trading him. Uh, that appears like it's going to come down to draft day and uh, a ton of picks on the line for Deshaun Watson. Matt, what's the latest in the quarterback front? Who's the next guy to be moved? I think it's Marcus Mariota. He's going to be finding a new place to play the Raiders backup quarterback. Derek Carr is going to be staying in Las Vegas. He'll be the Raiders quarterback for this 2021 season, which I don't hate. I think Derek Carr catches a lot of crap, Randy, and I think he's better than what people give him credit for. So, I think Mariota is going to be on the move. To me, it's hard to envision if Deshaun Watson is going to go anywhere. I think it's probably Carolina because they are trying to clear out a lot of cap space. It's not bad in terms of picks, but still we're talking about a franchise. If you trade three first rounders for Deshaun Watson, which is the minimum, I think the bare minimum, that offensive line has holes. They don't have a lot of weapons as far as playmakers go. And you have to clear out about 40 million for Watson to fit under the cap. But just from my perspective, and I think Teddy Bridgewater will get traded. I could see a team like maybe the Jets getting involved in that as sort of like a grooming to maybe a Zach Wilson or if they take Justin Fields. Yeah. (laughs) So I think Teddy Bridgewater is not a bad quarterback. He's not the greatest quarterback. And Jameis Winston is going to stay in New Orleans from everything that I've been hearing. He will be Drew Brees' replacement. He will be their starter for 2021. Yeah. Uh, Mariota, that's the next exciting name. I don't really know what to say about that, but he was second overall pick back in 2015. So he can make a team pretty uh, happy there. I like Teddy, you know, as a transitional guy, kind of like you said, the teams use Tyrod Taylor for that uh, quite frequently. And I think he's better than Tyrod Taylor was in that role. Uh, Darnold. I mean, there's some teams who are interested around him. I think the Washington football team has been making calls. I want to say this. I listened to a podcast recently that uh, David Carr was on, and he said during the season, the Raiders got three phone calls from the same team trying to trade for Derek Carr. And 
that John Gruden hated this guy so much, he refused to even call him back. Now that basically narrows it down to two teams to me. That means it's either Bill Belichick (laughs) (laughs) or Dan Snyder for how he treated his brother. (laughs) It's one of those two teams, Washington or New England. So, uh, and it appears the Raiders are committed to Carr. I never really got that sense from Gruden, but apparently that they are already to commit to Carr long-term. So uh, good for them. But, uh, and Cam Newton was in the news. Uh, He got uh, harassed by a fan in a video. And now he's coming out saying he wants his respect and that the Patriots should re-sign him and that he has a ton of respect for Bill Belichick. Uh, Cam Newton, I don't know. He didn't have a good year at all for the Patriots. I don't know if he's going to land another starting gig. And I think the Pats are ready to move on to. I don't see where he fits, Randy. Uh, To me, it's such now a running quarterback that you're getting with Cam. I, I agree. A backup role for Cam seems like the most logical fit. And, you know, teams like Arizona, I think is interesting as a backup. Yeah. Um, possibly maybe a team like Philadelphia as a backup for Hertz or Fields. I could see uh, Buffalo or Baltimore. Exactly. Like, th- that's the kind of system I think we have to look at. Maybe yeah. Seattle, you know, yeah. as a way to maybe rehab. But to me, Cam was so bad last year. And I get it. Maybe it was just injuries. I mean, he was good before COVID. I'll give him that. But it was only two weeks. So I think the COVID situation really affected him. You know what? That's a good point because I don't think that gets talked about enough, especially with a lot of people. And even Yohan Mankata for the White Sox. I mean, these professional athletes are at the top of their game, but they're saying it takes them almost four or five months to feel like they can go again. They're always tired. They feel out of energy. They lack the strength that they used to have. I think if Cam gets into a situation where he can compete for a starting job, he may win it, but I wouldn't sign him to be a starter. Agreed. Uh, And to wrap a bow on this quarterback carousel talk for now, uh, Drew Brees still kind of in the air, his situation. Alvin Kamara came out and said that he is mulling his NFL retirement decision. He said he will take his time to make it. And I think there's one explanation for this. He doesn't want his last game to be remembered as a game where he threw three picks against the eventual Super Bowl champions that play in his division. I think that has really eaten him alive. But I think what Drew Brees has to understand is he has a contract already in place for NBC. He's got a cushy gig to go home to, go be a family man, go call Notre Dame games, and eventually he'll get the Sunday night gig. Uh, Look, football has passed you by, my friend. I think it's time to hang it up. I understand taking your time. I understand it's not an easy decision, but you're 42 years old, and I think there's a clear difference if you can play or not, and I think it's time to hang it up. The, the evidence is all on the tape. Uh, you just yeah. stated it, Randy. He looked awful. <laughs> yeah. Like it, it wasn't like, oh, he had a bad game. No, the last, like, after he broke all of his ribs and he came back, it, it was bad football after bad football after bad football. I, Breeze needs to go. Yeah. All right. Well, there's no easy way. And we've talked about unfortunate news a few times on the show, but we're going to mention it, of course. Uh, Vincent Jackson, former wide receiver of the San Diego Chargers and Tampa Bay Buccaneers, uh, sadly passed away. He died on, I believe, February 13th. He was pronounced uh, dead on February 15th. Uh, but due to an autopsy, they said it's likely he died before then. Uh, they're citing chronic alcoholism. He was, you know, they said he was, they filed a missing person report. His family did. And they saw he's checked into a hotel in Florida. Uh, and then, you know, they did a wellness check where they saw him, what they thought he was sleeping on a bed or whatever. And then they turned out he was still in the same spot the next day. So uh, Vincent Jackson was only 38 years old. 
this was extremely sad. I was just talking about him during the Super Bowl because he had played for the Buccaneers and I, you know, largely think he was underrated for a lot of his career. So, you know, he was just a guy that I had brought up in just mindless football conversation as like, oh, I really like Vincent Jackson. And like, even like a Philip Rivers conversation and using him as like a reason Philip Rivers had weapons was like, Vincent Jackson was really good. Um, but unfortunately, um, 38 years old, he had a family, you know, they're still going to do an autopsy and you know he was one of the guys who did donate his brain for cte research and i wouldn't be surprised if that ended up being the outcome here uh but matt bushnell you know what do you you know vincent jackson how do you how will you remember vincent jackson to me i i you know brandon marshall vincent jackson um even trell owens to a certain point were those kind of first type of jump ball wide receivers in the nfl that were really tall that would high point the football um, Calvin Johnson, obviously the best of the bunch, mm-hmm. but Vincent Jackson helped kind of usher in that era. And to me, very underrated, very good. He always, to, to me, he, he had Philip Rivers, then he went to Tampa and he had good years in Tampa too. It wasn't like he was bad in Tampa Bay, him and Mike Evans. I mean, it's, that could have been a starting front court for the Golden State Warriors at some point. So, you know, to me, a really underrated wide receiver that had a lot of good football on tape. He had good years. Obviously, I believe he was a couple of time pro bowler. Three times. Three times. And I mean, to lose a guy that's 38 at the wide receiver position, And we start talking about CTE and you think Mm -hmm. of wide receivers that don't get hit that often. It's such a tragedy. We don't know. I don't know much about Vincent Jackson, the person. I don't either. I know he had a foundation in Florida that people have been donating to. They seemed like a good guy, but you know, we all have demons and a lot of times we don't ever talk about them. Well, and one of the main symptoms of CTE is not being able to regulate your emotions it's like either you're, you're really just down and depressed or you're really just ultra aggressive. Yep. So to me, it seems like Vincent Jackson was probably battling depression. And when you medicate depression with alcohol, it's going to lead to bad things. And I just hope we get this figured out, Randy, because too many of these guys are dying so young. And if we're seeing wide receivers with chronic CTE, that's going to be a big problem. Agreed. Super sad. Uh, you know, it made me feel, you know, every time something like this happens and, you know, baseball's seen Hank Aaron pass away and some other baseball legends, at least, and I'm not trying to say it's not less sad, but at least they have a life that they lived. You know, they're in their eighties and they had made a mark, you know, this guy probably did enjoy his life for what he had of it. You know, when you're a professional football player, you make a lot of money. You probably are stable financially, not everyone, but for the most part, it changes you and it changes your life. And a lot of times it is for the better, but the expectancy of life span with football players is clearly lower and it clearly has an effect mentally on these guys. And it's sad. And I, I, you know, sometimes I feel bad that I love football so much because it it does affect how they live after their careers and everything. And I just like to think that, you know, they made this sacrifice knowing that what they're signing up for and that they wouldn't change it for the world. And I'm sure Vincent Jackson would never blame football for this, but ultimately, you know, we don't know what the CTE situation looks like, but it's probably what's going to end up happening is (laughs) in a lot of these cases, unfortunately, is, uh, is how it shakes out. I just want to say from 2008 to uh, 2014, he had a thousand yard seasons consecutively 
league except for 2010 when he only played five games due to injury. So he was pretty consistent and pretty good for a long time. Uh, in 2011 and 2012, 2012 especially, he had 72 receptions for 1,300 yards and eight touchdowns. is one of his probably his best season. And that was his first year in Tampa Bay. I believe Josh Freeman was his quarterback too. So, I mean, that's pretty impressive <laughs> with, the, with the mediocre quarterback. But uh, RIP to Vincent Jackson. Uh, incredibly sad news that came out just last week. And unfortunately, you know, I don't want to talk about this stuff on the show, but I feel like it's our duty to honor these guys for, you know, we're fans of the sport and we watch the sport and we love it so much. Uh, at least if it's the least I can do is just say, you know, this person passed away and, you know, I enjoyed watching them in their career. So Vincent Jackson sadly passed away at the age of 38. Matt Bushnell, it's time to transition and it's never easy to transition out of something like that, but it is the uh, tag day in the NFL. And I just want to give a quick uh, explanation what that means. So teams who already have uh, players on their roster who are due for a franchise tag or a transition tag can now do so. Today is the beginning of that time period in the NFL calendar. I just want to explain the difference between a franchise tag and a transition tag. A, a, fr- a franchise tag is a one-year guaranteed contract offer that prevents a player from hitting an unrestricted free agency. The salary is based on the five-year average cap percentage for each the, for the tag at each position stemming from the top five salaries at each position. So it's, it's a pretty expensive contract for a year, but it's a way you're not committing long-term to a guy. Now the transition tag is also a one-year contract guaranteed based on the five-year average cap percentage for each of the, ta- for the tag at each position, but the transition tag stems from the top 10, not the top five. So it's a little bit cheaper. Uh, most importantly, this tag allows the players to sign offer sheets with other teams that the original club has five days to match. So, you know, if you don't, you're not totally committed to the guy, but you would like to have him. This the transition tag could be a way to go for teams with maybe a little bit tighter cap situation. Uh, maybe you know the guy you're not totally all in on. So some teams use the transition tag, some teams don't. Um, but Matt, Matt, we have some notable names on these tag lists here. Um, most notably, I would say is Dallas Cowboys quarterback Dak Prescott, who probably should be getting paid uh and you know you probably shouldn't should be avoiding the uh the tag situation but he's not gonna so Dak prescott matt uh you know we got other some not- i just wanted to say some other notable names here that i think are amongst the best options uh, alan robinson of your chicago bears chris godwin of the, the super bowl champion buccaneers taylor moton the offensive tackle for the carolina panthers kenny galladay justin simmons safety of the broncos and there's so many other names we're going to go through all of them here but let's let's start off with Dak prescott um Look, this is a quarterback league. Uh, you have a quarterback or you don't. It pretty much makes or breaks your status in this, this football world we live in now. I think the Cowboys should give this guy all the money he wants. I think he's worth it. But he is coming off of injury, and they have yet to show that they are totally committed to him. And a tag would cost them $37 million and uh, you know a 20% raise based on the tag he had a year ago, Matt. What would you do with Dak Prescott? I, I think they have no choice but to extend them. I, I think they're going to have to backload a contract so it eases the cap situation. Mm-hmm. What happened last year is so important for Dak Prescott in so many different levels because the injury is the injury. I mean, it was gruesome. Yeah. It looked yeah. awful. But at the end of the day, they were so bad at the quarterback position with Gallup, with Cooper, and with C.D. Lamb – and they had all these weapons, including Zeke Elliott, and that offense was mostly trash. So now you have to, I don't think you have a choice. You know, the Cowboys put themselves in this box. And Dak, I have no doubt, they will tag him 
but they are going to work out an extension. And if they can't, he will get traded. He's not going to bring back a Deshaun Watson type package, but he's going to get you two ones. Look, I think he's worth it. Um, they win the division. We're going away with him at quarterback. If he plays all year, he masks a lot of their issues, especially defensively. I remember when there was a conversation who was better, Dak or Carson Wentz. I don't think that's even <laughs> close to a conversation anymore. Uh, I think Dak uh, – I know there's some garbage time stats in there too, but I think he is super talented and they have a, a good enough offense to be a potent one at that. And uh, the injury hurts this case. I, I totally agree with you, but it was sort of fluky. Uh, he was running and he got tackled weird and then his ankle ended up being a different direction than the rest of his body. But um, you know, I, if I had to make a prediction, I would say Dax remains on the Cowboys, but let's say for example, they do not tag him and they just say, you know, we're going to move on with our quarterback situation, which could mean anything. It could mean a Cam Newton transition year that we could, could mean they, they could draft someone. Um, the Dak could have the freedom to sign anywhere. Now, I think that's stupid for the Cowboys to do, but I know that the Washington football team would sign up for Dak Prescott in a second. Uh, Henry Maldonado Jr. in the comments, uh, <laughs> making his presence known that he wants his 49ers to sign Dak Prescott, how quickly he has moved on from Matt Stafford. Uh, <laughs> every quarterback that is possibly available, Henry has pegged to the Niners. So uh, <laughs> for Jimmy Garoppolo. Anyway, uh, I would say Dak Prescott remains in the Cowboys, but if he doesn't, Matt, where could you see Dak ending up? It's going to be a long line of teams and he's going to get paid a lot of money. Yeah. Um, like you said, Washington. I mean, I wouldn't put it past the jets, you know, the jets would back up the Brinks truck and that gives them the ability to pick at number two, whoever they want, or they can trade down yeah. and get more picks. The bears have to be in the conversation. The uh -huh. bears are very much looking for a quarterback and this allows them to restructure contracts and not have to burn through draft capital. The 49ers, um, yeah, maybe the Raiders like Dak better than Derek Carr. Maybe they move on from Derek Carr. Maybe it allows Seattle to trade Russell Wilson. I, I think Dak opens up a lot of doors for a lot oh, of different no. teams. <laughs> but, I, you know, I, I'm just saying right now, I can't see Dak leaving Dallas. Uh, he's, he's a perfect fit. He is a leader for that team with a very toxic owner. So yeah. for him to be there... The way he handles that entire situation has been nothing but class. Dak, with some quarterbacks, you need to look at the tangibles. With Dak, I think you need to take a look at the intangibles, and that really increases his value here. Yeah, and as Henry did point out in the comments, he makes Zeke a lot better too. Zeke really struggled after Dak went down last year, uh, and the offensive line is not the same offensive line we're accustomed to in Dallas, so he masks a lot of those issues with his mobility as well. Now, here's the thing with the tags. Players do not have to agree to a tag. So the Cowboys can decide to tag Dak all he wants, but he doesn't have to sign on the dotted line. So if Dak is, is eerie of the uh, non-committal uh, Dallas Cowboys situation, then he doesn't have to commit. Uh, he can negotiate. That's fine. He tried to do that last year, and it didn't work. So maybe he said, hey, I got hurt, and I want a long-term deal somewhere, and it doesn't have to be here in Dallas. So who knows? And that's the case for all these guys. So we're going to move on to the number two guy, and that's your boy, Allen Robinson. Allen Robinson has played with Blake Bortles and Mitch Trubisky his entire career. Why the hell would he sign a tag to stay with the Chicago Bears? I'm sorry. I know that he's he's the best player offensively for them, and he means a lot to the Bears. But if I'm him, I'm looking for a better quarterback situation. He's not that young anymore. I'm sure this is the last big contract potentially for him. Why wouldn't he want to go somewhere where he can have the most success possible? One, he loves Chicago. He, he really okay. does. That, that That is genuine. He does not want to leave Chicago, but he is – 
open like he realizes this is a business and like you said he has limited earning potential if the bears come with the money he's gonna sign because he wants to be in chicago and honestly it might be his best chance to win if say he doesn't go to the chiefs or the buccaneers or the bills um i'm sure there's a couple more other teams out there but i'm not sure if those teams would be looking to add a high profile wide receiver the bears still have a good defense you know the Cleo Mack is still Cleo Mack. Uh, Eddie Goldman will come back. Roquan Smith is becoming an all-world linebacker. But the, the offense has to get better. And to me, they the Bears messed up this negotiations. And it shows you what type of person Allen Robinson is when he comes out and says, I'm not cutting out the Bears. Like, I want to be here, but I, you know, I want to get paid. I need to see the money. So He's going to go where the money goes. The Bears want him there. I just don't know what Ryan Pace is doing in these negotiations, but they're going to try to sign long-term. He's getting tagged, and if they can't sign him, they're trading him. So the Bears are 23rd in cap space now, and if I'm reading it correctly, they're almost $2 million over the cap. Matt, is that, is that accurate? Yeah, and you're probably going to look at a Khalil Mack extension. They're going to cut Jimmy Graham. Once they release Jimmy Graham, that's going to give them $5 million in cap space. They restructure Mack's contract. That's going to give them about $14 million in cap space. Bobby Massey's gone. Charles Leno might stay. I can't imagine him staying, but he might. Um, you know, and, and there's some other things that they can tinker around with that roster, but they'll have cap space. If I'm looking at Allen Robinson, man, I'm looking at like, look, I know Cincinnati's the Bengals, but if I get to play with Joe Burrow, I would consider that. If I could play with, with uh, Justin Herbert with the Chargers, I would consider that. You know, they have a good amount of cap space. You know, I I, I would just weigh some options here. Uh, <laughs> I I mean, the Dolphins even have a bunch of cap space at twelve, and you know, we'll see what they do with the quarterback situation. But they need an elite wide receiver. Uh, that, that feels like that could be a good fit too. But I I just don't like. He's been so good with such mediocre quarterback play. And if I, I would just want something better, but if you love Chicago and he wants to stay, then maybe he'll sign. Uh, ultimately the bears will probably extend their hand and say, here is a tag and uh, go from there. So uh, yeah, he'll probably get tagged and, you know, we'll, and we'll see about an extension from the bears. The number three guy on our list here is Chris Godwin and uh, he, another receiver. And, uh, and we might disagree here, but, uh, Chris Godwin is awesome, and I think he's probably the most consistent uh, overall receiver on the Bucks. Like I know Mike Evans is the most talented and probably the the, the toughest person matchup wise on the team. Um, but the Bucks had so much talent that it felt like a lot of times Godwin got lost in the mix, and that uh, Brady would be looking for Antonio Brown or for Gronk or whoever, and and in Evans, and then they ran the ball a good amount too. Um, I could see Godwin going getting paid somewhere but I feel like the Bucks will extend and try to tag him, right? Yeah, I, I think with the Bucks, there, there's a lot of free agents here. Um, I, I think when you look at the options, if they feel really good about bringing Antonio Brown back, I don't know if he's reliable enough for them to trust. So to me, I think you tag Godwin here. I, I know Shaq Barrett's a free agent. I was just going to say, I almost would rather tag Barrett. And, and I wouldn't disagree with you there. I, I think that makes a lot more sense for where the talent is on this team. Yeah. But everything just everything you hear is Chris Godwin's getting tagged by the Bucks. 
And to me, it just, he's 25 years old. He is a very, very good wide receiver. No one is taking that away from him. I just don't know if Mike Evans makes him better or if he makes Mike Evans better. So, I think Evans draws a lot of attention. I, I think a lot of teams worry about him. And, and that's a fair estimation because like like we, we're talking about, you still got to re-sign Gronk. I, I don't yeah. think Gronk is going anywhere but Tampa Bay to play with Brady, but yeah. he, he's not playing for free. And then you have Sue on the defensive line. You have Levante David at the linebacker position. And let's not kid ourselves. David and Devin White make up probably the best linebacking duo in the NFL. You yeah. lose David, that hurts. But if you are able to keep Shaq Barrett, it mitigates that a little bit. Yeah. So – Tough situation. I, I think they love Scotty Miller too. Uh, Tyler Johnson made some plays down the stretch. And I think if they decided, you know, Godwin, it felt like more than any other receiver had the worst chemistry with Brady. It felt like most of the time Brady was yelling at him for something. So if they decided that, you know, we're going to move on, Godwin's going to get paid somewhere else and he's going to deserve it. And I want my freaking Giants to get out as <laughs> I think he's worth it. But uh, ultimately uh, I, I have no idea what the Bucks do with the tag. Cause they could totally give it to Godwin. They could give it to Barrett or they could give it to David. I honestly have no idea when, when, when the route that they go here and Godwin probably wants to stay. I feel like every time I read something about the Bucks free agent situation, everyone wants to run it back. So uh, if that's the case, then I think Godwin ultimately would sign a tag if he was offered it so yep I, I agree with you here yeah all right so taylor moton the carolina panthers offensive tackle uh he, he had a one-year deal I mean, he could get a one-year deal with 13.6 million if he signs a tag um but offensive tackles are hard to come by here i feel like he could get an even better deal from a team who has a rough tackle situation i think of your chicago bears i think of my giants uh there are plenty of teams who could use an offensive tackle this is one of those guys i'm not signing the tag i'm trying to get a deal yeah well i mean Obviously, I don't think anybody that gets tagged is going to sign the deal until the season yeah. comes to fruition. Uh, obviously, I think they have until June before extensions are no longer applicable to tagged players. Yeah, M- Moden has to. The, the Panthers do not have a choice. Like their mm-hmm. offensive line is bad after him. It, it is yeah. one of the worst. So yeah. you have to find a way to keep him. Um, or I know Orlando Brown Jr has stated that he wants to play left tackle and the Ravens don't have a left tackle spot open for him because they have a all pro and Ron Staley over there. So even if you do that, Orlando Brown Jr. is going to fetch you at least one, maybe two first round picks. Moden, he's going to get paid a lot of money. You let him hit that open market. They got to tag him, if not extend him. And I agree with you. Panthers need to extend him, you know, and hopefully avoid using the tag. And look, if they're going to make a move for a quarterback, it is much more attractive to have a left tackle already in place or, you know, any kind of tackle really, but your better offensive, the better your offensive line is, the more attractive your destination is for a quarterback. All right. Uh, we're going to move on to Kenny Galladay and Leon Tompkins boy from the Detroit lions. This is the first guy on this list that I'm like, this is the perfect transition tag candidate because he has bad injury history, but he's super talented. He changes the offense when he plays, but it has to be the cause for concern 
how much he is hurt. So if you could transition him and offer him a little bit less money, but also give the teams uh, potentially an opportunity to sign him and see what happens from there. Or he could be a tag and trade candidate. I could totally see him becoming a guy where they tag him and then other teams are like, hey, what do you want for Kenny Galladay? And then and then moving on because they they have a whole new coaching staff in there, a whole new regime, and they want to rebuild. So Kenny Galladay to me is one of these guys who might temporarily be a Detroit Lion, but I don't know for how long. I agree with you here, Randy, and I'm not sure if I'd even transition tag him. I, I may just let him test the waters because to me, is he a top 10 wide receiver in the NFL? No, he's just not. He, he, maybe fringe when healthy, but maybe. I mean, it's it's tough. Yeah, I, I could probably name 10 wide receivers off the top of my head that are yeah. better than him. Yeah. Um, you know, to me, he's, he's not an $18 million a year player for what you cited for the wide receiver tag. There's no way in hell I'm paying co- – Kenny Galladay, you know, $18 million. The transition tag, I could see it because it's Detroit and they have nothing behind him. So that makes sense. It lets him test his value in the open market. You know, the Bears played it perfect with Kyle Fuller. They weren't ecstatic about his performance, but they liked him a lot. And they let, you know, Fuller signed the offer sheet with the Packers. The Bears matched it. Everyone's happy. Fuller has played great. I can see Kenny Galladay maybe doing the same thing that we're talking about right now. Maybe he does get transition tagged and the line as well. You know, we can match that. And boom, Kenny Galladay stays healthy and he has a productive chemistry with Jared Goff. Who knows? Uh, another guy, uh, I think Kenny Galladay, Kenny Galladay could get paid from another team quite a bit. I think, uh, I think a team like the Jets or the Giants or, you know, maybe Carolina even would look to a guy, a guy like him and think he's the legit number one option for a quarterback. And I would certainly like to see Daniel Jones throwing him the football, but who knows? Uh, <laughs> all right. We're just going to do the top 10 of these transition tags. Cause I want to get to the free agency uh, list here, but Justin Simmons, your guy, you like this guy a ton. And um, honestly, I, I, I know he was a second team all pro and he played well under Vic Fangio, but uh, if he's this good, it feels like the Broncos should try to extend him, but it appears like they are leaning towards tagging Justin Simmons. I mean, the Broncos are really in a tough cap spot. I mean, obviously they, Von Miller is, you know, a lot of rumors going on around with him, whether they're going to release him or maybe he restructures his deal. Um, To me, I, I just feel like when you look at the Broncos, how close are they to competing? I mean, I don't know if they're that far away. I, mean, I like the, they're super talented. We talk about quarterback destinations. Do they move on from Drew Locke too? Could. I mean, they could, and they can move up in the draft. There's things here that the Broncos could do, but Von Miller is going to be a hot topic. I do think that he gets cut. I, I, that's what I'm going with here with Bradley Chubb. Justin Simmons has to get paid. I, I just don't see the money being there available for them. And they have other free agents, especially at the wide receiver position, a guy I really, really like. And, you know, I, I think at the end of the day, Von Miller will be a free agent. Justin Simmons is going to get tagged and the Broncos are going to have to make some tough choices on the offensive side of the football. Yeah, for sure. Uh, Carl Law- 
Lawson coming in at number seven here, the defensive end for the Cincinnati Bengals. Look, the Bengals defense <laughs> is not very good last year. So any talent that they have, uh, they should try to keep. He ranked fourth among edge rushers and pressures last season. So, I mean, he was above Khalil Mack and Cameron Jordan in that aspect. So he definitely got to the quarterback quite a bit. Uh, it looks like he needs some help around him. So the ca- uh, the tag makes sense for a guy like Lawson. Absolutely. And you don't want to have to fill needs that doesn't help Joe Burrow, you know, in the draft, you want to draft as many guys around Joe Burrow that you can get and, and Sewell, the tackle, they have to address the offensive line. Don't lose on defensive line. We we talked about it with the Buccaneers. We talked about with this philosophy with JJ Watt, get your defensive line, keep your defensive line. But other than that, build up your offense because you have to score points to me. Lawson, it should get tagged. Try to extend them. You already got talent in the building, you know, and when you don't have a ton of it, you should probably try to keep it. Uh, Marcus May of the Jets, uh, you know, it's going to, the defensive scheme's going to change in New York most likely. Um, so I, I think he's a good tag option to see how he does in Robert Sala's defense. Uh, I think, you know, he played pretty well for the Jets last year and they have a ton of money. So Marcus May feels like an easy uh, tag candidate for the Jets. Yeah, I think the Jets are going to do some things here. I, I, obviously, they have room to do things. So Marcus May, I think, fits the scheme well, especially with Salah not really having great safeties in San Francisco. Having a safety lets you get a little bit more creative in blitz packages. So I think Marcus May is a keeper for them. Yep, another safety for the Los Angeles Rams, John Johnson. I mean, the, the Rams cap situation isn't great. Uh, so I don't really know if this guy's worth it. What do you think? John Johnson, I think maybe he benefits from having Ramsey out there. I don't know. Is I, I don't know if I would tag this guy. I don't think he gets tagged because then they have a big decision with Leonard Floyd. Yeah. Uh, Leonard Floyd was huge for them down the stretch, especially with Aaron Donald getting double teamed, triple teamed. So I, I think it's important that, they can't have the flexibility tied into a safety position when you have to rush the quarterback. And that's the name that that's the name. Again, we keep on going back to, you have to rush the quarterback Pass rushers always take priority over secondary. Um, It just is what it is. Always. You can, you can make secondary guys work. Uh, All right. Coming at number 10 and probably the most one that makes me the most angry is Leonard Williams. Uh, (laughs) James Gettleman uh, tagged him last year. And look, Giants fans can just look at the surface here and say uh, he had 11 and a half sacks last year and uh, probably should have made the pro bowl. Uh, But if they tag him, he's going to earn 20 million a year next year, which is a huge number for them. If they sign him, which I know is what Dave Gettleman wants to do. uh, He also wants $20 million a year. And I'm sorry, uh, look, Leonard Williams had a nice year, but I don't think that's who he is. I just think that is a career season, and I would be weary of signing a guy like this for long-term for that much money. And I have an idea of where I think Leonard Williams ends up, and I'm going to tease it for our free agency segment, but I don't think it's the New York Giants. To me, the landscape of needing pass rushers is so plentiful why would you tag a guy like Leonard Williams and pay him $20 million when we're talking about Shaq Barrett, Matt Judon, um, Melvin Ingram is also a free agent. I mean, Leonard Floyd is a name that's out there. Um, so there are other guys out there that as a pass rusher, Von Miller may be out there. It, it doesn't make sense. Leonard Williams, I loved him coming out of USC. 
but he, he hasn't provided the track record in the NFL. He hasn't produced consistently to get $20 million a year. And here's the thing. So you say, why would you give him that much money? Well, why did you trade a third round pick and a fifth round pick <laughs> to the team who shares your stadium just to see, to get him in the building, to see if he likes playing for you. That makes no freaking sense. Now you're going to tag him two years in a row and then sign him to a long-term deal. Get this guy out of here. I, I would rather sign Dalvin Tomlinson, who's also a free agent for the Giants this year. Uh, all right. A couple other names of note. Aaron Jones could be potentially tagged. He feels like a transition tag for the Packers, but also they also have two other running backs in the building, so probably not. Shaquille Griffin of the, of the Seahawks, I'm leaning no there. I don't think they tag him. Matt Milano of the Bills, probably not. Joe Tooney of the Patriots, they tried to trade him a couple times, so I don't think he gets a tag. David Andrews, I don't think he gets a tag either. Uh, Curtis Samuel, definitely don't think he gets a tag for the Carolina Panthers. John U. Smith of the Titans, I don't think he's worth the, the big payday he would get for tight ends if that's the case i think they could sign him for a contract before it gets to that bud dupree the injury kills him here but uh, i think he would be a likely uh, franchise tag candidate for the steelers if it wasn't for the injury but now i think they could actually work something out maybe long term yeah i think bud dupree and juju smith schuster um, are two interesting names from the steelers and it has huge consequences on what they do with these two because Ben Roethlisberger, you know, they came out and gave him a vote of confidence today. Like, yeah, buddy. To me, that's always the kiss of death. They are paying Big Ben a lot of money. Their cap situation is not good. So tagging Dupree is about, what, um, 18, 19 million on the first tag. Um, and then Juju Smith-Schuster being tagged once is around 18 million. I do not envy the Steelers in this situation. They have cap issues and they got to figure it out. To me, Bud Dupree, if you can get him on the cheap, you get him on the cheap. But I mean, ACL injuries are not the kiss of death anymore. Guys come back from them. There's going to be a team that's willing to pay Dupree. There's going to be teams willing to pay Juju Smith-Schuster. To me, it feels like the Steelers got to pick one and realize they're losing the other. I would just be committed to Dupree at this point, but that's just me. All right. Hassan Reddick, uh, Cardinals off, out, outside linebacker. Uh, I think he's a candidate for the franchise tag as well. Hunter Henry. I don't see it, uh, but maybe Matt Judon and unique and both Ravens. They can't tag them both. I think and has gone. I think Judon's probably gone. I don't think they used to tag on either of those guys either. So uh, those are some of the names. Anthony Harris among the safety was pretty good, um, but I think that he's going to end up being one of the guys that's just set free from the Vikings. So, uh, Matt, that leads us to our free agency segment here. And the new league year begins on March 17th, which I believe is St. Patrick's day. So, uh, you know, when you're, you know, eating your corned beef and cabbage and enjoying a Guinness, you can watch the NFL network and see who's signing where it's always an exciting day on the NFL calendar. And, uh, this is a little early, but you know, not a ton that's going on right now, Matt. So we're going to have a little fun with this. Um, so let's see, I just want to say, you know, when you get to free agency, a what a team has to spend matters so much in what they can acquire. Um, the Jacksonville Jaguars have the number one overall pick in the draft in Trevor Lawrence, which I'm just going to sh- say right now is Trevor Lawrence. Uh, and they have uh, $84 million in cap space. So that is a ton of money. Uh, and, you know, they're the tops of the list. The Jets have $75 million in cap space. The New England Patriots, 68 at three. The Indianapolis Colts, probably the best team on this list uh, so far, is fourth with $55 million in cap space. It just shows me that they're well run. Bengals at fifth with 45 and so on and so forth. And then you skip down. 
And the worst cap situation is the New Orleans Saints, which really need Drew Brees to make a decision because they are $65 million over the cap right now. And this, these numbers are going to change. So this is just as of now. The Eagles are $37 million over the cap, which we talked about. That's the Wentz hit. That, that's a huge blow. The Rams are $26 million over the cap. Chiefs, 17 uh, Raiders, 9 uh, And the Falcons are 12 So, you know, we have good and bad situations, but we're going to try to predict some of these. We're going to go through the top 25 free agents, which are ranked by the NFL Network. And or, uh, yeah, the NFL Network, I believe, is what we have. But, Matt, you, you put together a little sheet here for us, a little cheat sheet, so I appreciate that as well. Uh, and, and some of these are also – uh, mixing in with uh, the, the tag talk that we just had too. So, you know, these are going to be our official predictions for free agents along with the tag information as well. So number one on the list is Dak Prescott. He's the number one ranked free agent uh, on on PFF and NFL.com. Uh, Dak Prescott in, uh, in 2021, Matt, where is he going to play? Is he going to be the Cowboys quarterback? Yeah, and I think it gets extended. I think the tag, he'll get tagged initially, but he'll sign an extension and be with the Cowboys long-term. I agree that he gets tagged, but I don't know if he signs long-term because I think that he's going to do a, have a prove-it deal. And I, this, this tag is going to act as a prove-it deal. He's going to try to come back from injury. If he has a great year, he's going to command $40 million a year again. And if the Cowboys refuse to pay him, there will be a team that pays him. So I say yes for 2021, unsure of the future for Dak Prescott. Number two, Chris Godwin. Uh, we both said earlier, we both think he's going to get tagged by, well, I, you said he's going to get tagged by the Bucks. I honestly am not sure he gets tagged by the Bucks. So, you know, 2021, you think Godwin's going to be still wearing 14 for the Bucks? Yep. He gets tagged by the Bucks and he does not sign an extension. Okay. I am weary of that. Um, I think one of these, this is the thing that all these receivers, there are clear destinations for all of them. Uh, the teams that need wide receiver help. I really want want Godwin on the Giants, <laughs> but I will say that he gets tagged and stays on the Bucks for another year. Look, this is the second year of the Brady contract, so anything that happens after this year uh, is a crapshoot. So I'll say he's there for this year and unsure about the future. I'm not committed long term. Allen Robinson, your boy on the Chicago Bears. I okay. You think is Robinson going to be a Bear for for the rest of his career? No. Okay. What about 2021? I, I, I think he gets traded. I think they tag and trade him. So he's going to get a transition tag this year, you think? No, he's, he's going to get franchise tagged, and, and the Bears will trade him. I don't think they work out a long-term deal. But okay. be, before the draft, he'll be a Bear. Okay. Uh, any destination, do you think, for Robinson trade-wise? I mean, there's going to be a lot of suitors out there. I, I think it depends where a lot of the, some of these guys go, but – Obviously, I think he would be the number one or two ranked receiver on the free agent market if he were to be out there. Giants, Jets, 49ers, um, you know, teams that may not appear, maybe the Seattle Seahawks, but they don't have any draft capital. Right. Uh, Panthers are another interesting destination, but they may give up their entire draft for Deshaun <laughs> Watson. So I, there's options out there, but I think the Bears trade them. Uh, yeah, I don't think he's on the Bears in 2021. Uh, I think there's two options, and I think it's the Chiefs, and I think it's the Colts. Uh, I think the Colts could pay him, and Wentz could be could be a, a good 
quarterback for him. Maybe not. I don't know. But the Chiefs would be the ideal situation for any wide receiver. I think as of now, I think playing, playing with Patrick Mahomes and Andy Reid <laughs> is where any receiver would want to be. Uh, <laughs> all right. Kenny Galladay coming in at four. We obviously talked about the tag with him. Uh, I don't think he's a Detroit Lion in 2021, and I think he will play for another team. Who that team is, I'm not sure. Where do you think Kenny Galladay ends up? Yeah, man, this one's tough because I really don't value Kenny Galladay as, you know, a lot of other people do. But if, if I had to guess, I could see a team like the Colts giving him money or even the Jacksonville Jaguars, uh, you know, paying him because they have the cap space to do so. Yeah, I I think there's two teams that he could play for and they both play at MetLife Stadium. I think he's going to be a Giant or a Jet. I don't know which one, but I think he's going to go to one of those two teams because they both need wide receiver in the worst way possible and the Jets could pay him. So I could, I could lead the Jets, but I think the Giants kind of want him. I've heard some rumblings out of the Giants camp that they really like Kenny Galladay. So, uh, all right. Now coming to number five, Trent Williams, uh, the offensive tackle for the 49ers. He was traded from the Washington football team just a couple years ago. So, uh, you know, he's older uh, now, but you know, he seems like he's still damn good. So, you know, what do you think, what do you think happens to Trent Williams? This one's the most interesting one. I, think that he ends up with the Chicago Bears. I think they know they need a left tackle, and I think they know they have to move up in the draft. So I really like – I like the Bears in this spot. I think he makes a lot of sense. Obviously, they let go. You know, Allen Robinson's not going to be on this team, so that gives them the cap space. So I think Trent Williams plays for the Chicago Bears in 2021. All right. Well, uh, I have my first – Jaguars big splash signing because when you have Trevor Lawrence, you need a tackle to protect him. And I think Trent Williams is the guy for them. I think they probably overpay for him a little bit, but uh, you know, he's in his thirties. So I don't know how much money he's going to warrant, but I think the Jags are like, Hey, you know, we have our guy, we, we need someone to protect him. And I think Trent Williams is going to be the, the option for them. All right. Justin Simmons. We both think that the Broncos are going to tag him, right? He's going to stay in Denver for 2021. Yeah, I. this is the part I don't know how teams are going to maneuver. I like Justin Simmons a lot. I, I honestly do think he's back with the Broncos. But if not, I think the Jaguars are an interesting landing spot. Maybe they trade them yeah. there. But to me, that seems like a logical fit for Justin Simmons. He's either Broncos or Jacksonville. I also could see Jacksonville paying him a ton of money. Uh, <laughs> but also, I think Denver – especially if they let go of Von Miller, which we're going to talk about quick at the end. But uh, Justin Simmons, I think, is going to be a Bronco for, for a while. Anthony Harris, safety of the Vikings, looks like he's on the move. Um, you know, he was an all-pro in 2019 and took a step back last year, but still pretty good safety-wise. Uh, where, where's a good fit for him? I like New England. I, li- I like the Jets if they lose May. I'm not sure if they're going to lose May, though. But if, you know – if I had to pick, I'm probably going to say Jacksonville if they don't get Simmons. Okay. I'm going to go Cincinnati Bengals. Uh, they really need help on the defensive side of the ball. So uh, they have a ton of cap space, and they, they really need help on the defensive side of the ball here. So uh, I'm going to go Cincy. They're, they, they're primed to be good eventually with Joe Burrow. So uh, if your defense is that bad forever, it's going to be hard to win. So I would say Anthony Harris to Cincinnati. Uh, now, the interesting name here, Levante David, who played so well in the postseason for the, the Bucks and played so well in the, in the Super Bowl. Playing alongside Devin White probably helps, but uh, I think he has also voiced his desire to return to Tampa in 2021, but that does not mean he'll be there for the rest of his career what do you make of the Levante David situation I think he ends up with the Giants I I think it makes 
a logical fit for him to lead that defense. He provides leadership, stability, and I, I think it's just a really good fit for him to go to the New York Giants. Look, I think him and Blake Martinez would be damn good together. <laughs> that would be awesome. But uh, I don't know. That'd be fun, though. Uh, look, I think he's going to get paid, and I don't know who uh, is going to pay him a ton. But, however, I look at a couple teams that have decent defenses that could use a leader in the middle, such as Levante David. I look at uh, the Chargers, who have a good, a good defense that could use a guy like David, right? In the, stick him right in the middle, and I think it elevates your defense. Uh Brandon Staley, defensive coordinator for the Rams, now their head coach. So I think he might put an emphasis on that. They don't have any money. Uh, well, no, they have money, but they, who knows? Uh, I think the uh, the Cleveland Browns, uh, I think, is going to be a good fit for him too because they have a good young defense, but it struggles in the linebacker core and it struggles in the secondary. So I think Levante David could be a good fit for them. All right, moving on. Uh, Brandon Scherf, uh, I, I think Washington really needs to keep this guy because he's really good at the tackle position for them. But, you know, if he's not signed by Washington, he's going to be a coveted free agent most teams, I think, because, you know, offensive tackles are hard to come by. Yeah, we talked. Um, I, I had this one marked down as a franchise tag candidate. I think he's going to get franchised by the Washington football team. If not, it's going to be a long-term deal. He, he's going to retire whatever their name will be. Obviously they're teasing a new name in 2022, but for now he'll be a Washington football team player. A Washington football teamer. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> yeah, I agree. I think, I think he is a likely franchise tag guy for, for Washington. All right. Number 10, Hunter Henry, the tight end for the chargers has dealt with some injury issues, but when he plays, he's a pretty talented guy. Um, you know, I don't know where he ranks amongst tight ends. I think it's pretty shallow after the top three or so. So I don't know. I don't know if the Chargers are eager to bring him back, but I also think he's a good fit for them. I like Hunter Henry to the Jaguars a lot here. Nothing okay. helps your young quarterback like a steady tight end. And having a tight end like Hunter Henry is really going to help out Trevor Lawrence. So I could see them making a splash at that position. Okay, I like it. I mean, the Jags have a ton of money, so I can totally see it. Uh, I think he stays with the Chargers. Uh, I think that they have a good thing going. I think he likes playing with Justin Herbert. But uh, Jags, you know, if you could put any of these players in the Jags, I'm like, yeah, makes sense. <laughs> they have, they're, they're a terrible roster with a ton of money, so it makes sense. All right, number 11, Will Fuller. And I have a very specific team in mind for this guy, but I'm interested to hear where, what you think, uh, where he's going to end up. He obviously got suspended, but I believe that suspension is now lifted. Pretty talented guy, all things to considered. So I think he's going to get paid by someone. Yeah, are, are you, you're sitting down, right, Randy? I'm sitting down. Don't say it. <laughs> he, he will be a New York football giant. <laughs> I don't know if he's the right fit for the Giants because I think he's a Jet. He feels like a Jet to me. It's crazy <laughs> that you picked the Giants and I'm picking the Jets, but he, I, I just peg him as a Jet. But also keep in mind with Will Fuller, I think him and Deshaun Watson are pretty good friends. Like, I think they really like each other. So I wouldn't be surprised if he waited out to see what happens with Watson and then just signs with a team based on where Deshaun Watson is. So and that could be Miami. That could be the Jets. It, who knows? It could be Carolina. I don't know. But I think I would be I would look out for that situation because I could see that being uh, how that shakes out for Will Fuller. I agree. I think Will Fuller is a prime candidate to not sign with anybody until after the draft. Yeah, I agree. Uh, Taylor Moten, we talked about the tag with him. I think we both agree he's going to be on the Carolina Panthers, right? Yep. All right. Joe Tooney, uh, the, the, the Patriots have tried to trade him several times in the past, but uh, he, I mean, he's a pretty good guard for them for a long time. Uh, I mean, 
you look at some teams with some offensive line issues to me, he feels like a candidate for the bears uh, and maybe the Vikings, but to me, I, I would peg him as a guy that the bears look at. Yeah. To me, if the bears sign three offensive linemen, I, I could totally see it because they need help. Yeah. Um, the, the only positions I feel really good about on the bears offensive line is James Daniel at guard and Cody Whitehair at center, or you could get Cody Whitehair out to guard. Um, but yeah, I mean, three offensive linemen feels right. And Joe Tooney for this team, I, I think makes a lot of sense. Yeah. If, if it's not the bears and the Bengals need offensive line help as well, I could see that being a, the case. The jets too. I think Beckton were played really well for them. So they need to pair him with some other quality offensive linemen. And I, I think he's going to end up getting a good deal somewhere. So uh, I think he's definitely a, a good offensive lineman. Uh, Shaquille Barrett. We talked about Shaq Barrett already on the tag segment. I, I kind of think if I'm the bucks, I lean towards tagging him over Godwin, but uh, I don't know, but he's also, been vocal about running it back with the Bucks. A lot of these guys want to come back. So at the very least, I think he could sign a one-year deal with the Bucks if it's not the tag. I think he kind of stays with Tampa. I am having Shaquille Barrett go to the Arizona Cardinals. Okay. So it's a good move for them. It's yeah, a huge I, move for them. I think Chandler Jones is on his way out. I see them trading Jones. You know, maybe the Jets are a landing spot for Chandler Jones. Okay. But um, yeah, Shaquille Barrett is going to be, I believe, a Arizona Cardinal. Okay. All right. I hope you're writing these down, Matt Bushnell. Uh, <laughs> uh, Marcus Williams coming in at 15 in the corner for the New Orleans Saints. Uh, he's right here the top of the league in every uh, significant category for safeties. Uh, he's more of a safety in the corner, whatever. He's a secondary guy. Uh, but, you know, I think he's a big part of the Saints elite secondary. So uh, I don't know if they're going to try to hang on to him because they still have other quality players back there. And I think other teams could be could be using his services. Uh, Marcus Williams, Matt Bushnell, where's he going to end up? Not a huge fan of Marcus Williams, but I, I understand the hype. To me, I can't think of a logical fit. Maybe a team like the 49ers when they lose Richard Sherman. Yeah. But um, I, I think it's going to be somewhere on the West Coast. Maybe it's, maybe the Seahawks if they lose Griffin, or maybe the 49ers if they lose Sherman. One of those two spots. I have a team in mind, and – I think it's the Washington football team because they have already a, a great front and they lack in the secondary. They really need some secondary help, especially it looks like they're going to move on from Landon Collins. Uh, if that is the case, I think Marcus Williams could be a guy they could plug right in and have success right away. So I, I'm looking at the Washington football team for Marcus Williams. Uh, another guy in the secondary uh, is William Jackson, who, you know, is a corner for the Cincinnati Bengals and I, I think he's been okay. I mean, he started off kind of rough when he got drafted in 2016, but has really turned it around for them. And I think that they've struggled so much defensively that they should try to keep him. But uh, they also have so many other issues that they might try to move on at the same time. So William Jackson, third, Matt Bushnell, uh, what do you make of him? It, it's tough to judge because Cincinnati was so poor at so many different levels. Um, I, I could see the transition tag actually being used for Cincinnati yeah. here. And it, it makes a lot of sense. So I will say he is a Bengal next year. 
I agree. I think he stays on the Bengals as well. Uh, I think that they have such a needs defensively that if you have talent there, you got to keep it. And that's going to be my motto for Cincy, no matter what, especially <laughs> defensively, because like you said, they're going to try to draft offensive players to, to help Burrow. And I think that's where their priority should be. So if you already have talent in the building that could be more affordable than some other guys, I would try to keep them if I could. Yep. Uh, Yes, Henry Maldonado mentions that the Washington football team announced that they will have a name soon. I did see that they are launching a, uh, I don't know if it's campaign is the right word, but in 2022 was they teased to have a new name. So they're going to be the Washington football team in 2021 regardless, but look out for 2022 uh, for the new named. Uh, maybe it's not the Washington football team. Maybe they're just the Washington team. And they can just say, we don't know what sport we play. We're just a team from Washington. Uh, maybe, they'll, maybe they're the Landover, the Landover Maryland football team because that would be more accurate. Uh, <laughs> all right. Several team surprises we hear Ryan Fitzpatrick, uh, which I cannot believe he's this high here, but you know, people love him and he gets deals all the time and maybe his quest to play for every professional football team <laughs> is going to continue and he'll end up with some random team. Yeah. This one I struggled the most with Randy. Like I tried to look at the landscape to me and I see a lot of backup quarterback positions out there. Maybe the Eagles, if they trade Hurts, maybe the Jets, if they draft a young quarterback. I just, to me, I kind of like Indy here, but I don't think that's going to happen with how fragile uh, Carson Wentz is and that mentality of his. You know, he'll take offense to anything and everything. So, you know, at the end of the day, I think Fitzpatrick, you know, ends up with the New York Jets. Okay. Um. I think he could go back to Houston. He already played for the Texans previously, but I could see that being the case uh, again if they move on from Watson and are in quarterback purgatory for a little bit. I think he could be entertaining. And Henry beat me to it in the comments, but I said I was just going to say how fitting would it be that Henry wants all these quarterbacks and they end up with Ryan Fitzpatrick at 38 years old. And I think that that's pretty likely. I think that could totally happen. I think it goes full circle. I'm not sure if Trubisky's on this list. <laughs> But I would bet Mitch Trubisky's a 49er. <laughs> oh, man, that'd be great. Uh, speaking of the 49ers coming in at number 18 is Richard Sherman. Uh, yeah, I don't really know what happens with him here. I don't know if the Niners are that eager to bring him back. Maybe Henry could give us some guidance there. But what do you think happens with Sherman? I, I definitely do not believe he comes back to the Niners. I think that ship has sailed. If I had to pick a destination for Richard Sherman, I kind of initially felt earlier today it would be the 49ers, but I think he goes to the Jets with Salah. I was just going to say, I think that if he had a good relationship with Salah, that's a good fit for him. He's 33. He had a huge injury uh, and he's just not the same guy he used to be anymore. I think he should transition to safety. Uh, I think he could be actually a pretty good one at that if if he decided to do that, but yeah, uh, Washington, I would say, has maybe look out for them. I guess secondary people, I would always consider but them to be a candidate for. But Here's the issue with Washington. They play a lot of man, and yeah. Richard Sherman's a lot of a cover three type of corner. Absolutely. If they stick him on a guy one-on-one, he's going to get toasted. Yep, I think the Jets are a popular landing spot for him. 19 here is Leonard Williams, the guy we talked a lot about in the, uh, the tag segment of the show. I just don't want him on the Giants. I'm sorry. I know he had a great year, and Giants fans can be excited about that. Or Duke Goodman was right. No, I don't think he was still right. I think that was a mistake of a move. Look, I know he had a great year. I I actually think he played very well last year. 
Stop comparing his numbers to Aaron Donald's numbers. Aaron Donald gets double teamed 75% of the time and still wins half the time. Leonard Williams doesn't even get noticed half the time. His teams don't care about him. But I think he's going to command a ton of money, and I think one team is dumb enough to give it to him, and it's the team with the most cap space possible. I think the Jacksonville Jaguars are going to give him uh, a huge deal, much like they gave to Malik Jackson five years ago after the Broncos won the Super Bowl back in 2016. I don't know if you remember, but that was a huge deal they gave to him. So I think Leonard Williams to Jacksonville is a good fit. Oh, Randy, 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 Randy. Don't do this to me, Matt Bushnell. Leonard Williams will be a New York Giant. You don't trade a third-round pick for a guy that's coming off 11 and a half sacks. Gettleman's keeping him. He will be a New York Giant. I know I know. Yep, I'm sorry. I, I I am sorry, but it's it's a it's a pride issue for Gettleman. I understand that. Yep. Oh yeah. I I hate it, but it's true. <laughs> it's, <laughs> I'm not a fan of it. Uh, all right, number twenty on this list, JJ Watt. We talked about at the beginning of the show. Uh, a couple landing spots for him, but give me a definitive landing spot for JJ Watt in twenty. Cleveland. I, I think it's Cleveland by a mile. Okay, uh, I'm gonna go Indy. I'm gonna say Indy could pay him a, a good amount, and he would fit in with that defense. Uh, all right, an interesting name here, 21, Desmond King, the corner for the San Diego Chargers. Jesus. I mean, I San Diego Chargers, uh, boy. Los Angeles Chargers. Yeah. I'll, put a, I'll put a quarter in the jar. Yeah, a quarter in the jar. Uh, <laughs> he has to stay with the Chargers. They have a really good defense if they keep Ingram and King. I, I like what they're building. Joey Bosa, not Nick Bosa. Um, really good yeah. defensive lineman there. So I, I like the Chargers to keep him. I, I think he stays with the Chargers. Yeah, I think they can bring him back in an affordable deal. Uh, a team to look out for. I think he's a good fit for the Titans. I think they need a, a QB, a corner too. So uh, I think he could be a guy that ends up on Tennessee and ends up with uh, Brable's uh, defense because they, they, they struggled defensively big time. So don't be surprised if the Titans look to make some moves here. Marcus May at 22. We both think he goes back to the Jets on the tag, right? Yeah, I think so. Yep. John Johnson, we we already spoke about John Johnson. He's at number 23. Juju Smith-Schuster, uh, now at 24. Interesting name. And we've already talked about a few wide receivers. I don't know how good Juju Smith-Schuster is. Uh, I had struggled with this. He played really well when he had Antonio Brown there with him. He uh, does a little too much TikToking for me, but uh, I think he's pretty talented overall. Uh, some team is going to pay him like a one, but I'm not sure he is a number one. I got the team for you. The New York Jets are going to pay a lot of money for Juju Smith-Schuster and his TikToking. Oh, man. Imagine the TikToks he could do at Times Square and everything. That'd be fun. Uh, important. <laughs> I don't know. I, <laughs> to me, he feels like uh, Indy could be an opportunity for him because they're not, they're not sure about T.Y. And T.Y. is pretty old now. So they could have an Indy guy with Pittman. I could see Schuster being that guy. I just – I don't know if he's that good. I, I really don't. J-E-T-S, Jets, Jets, Jets. <laughs> and another receiver coming in at 25, and it is Corey Davis of the Tennessee Titans. And for some reason, Giants fans love this guy, and, and they want him. And I think he's talented, but has not performed very well for the Titans so far in his career. I got a feeling he's going to be a bear. It just screams bears. <laughs> yeah, you, you're going to get rid of one of the best receivers in the NFL and Allen Robinson to sign Corey Davis. <laughs> Uh, help me. 
Yeah, I mean, that's fair. Yeah, I could see that. I definitely could see that. All right, well, that's the top 25. But before we move on, it appears that the Broncos are not going to uh, take on Bob Miller's t- uh, team option, right, for this year. So that would make Bob Miller an unrestricted free agent for 2020. So let's do uh, potential landing spots for Bob Miller. Look, this guy, uh, Super Bowl champion, number two overall pick, uh, I think in 2012, uh, 2011 maybe. Guy's still a great pass rusher. I know he opted out with COVID last year, but I mean, I'd rather have Von Miller than JJ Watt at this point. I don't think that's close. Yeah, I, I think they're. If, if you gave me the choice, Von Miller's been a lot more durable. Yeah. I see he had that freak injury this year, and I don't think that's indicative of how he'll be going forward. To me, I mean, it depends on the money situation. Is he willing to take less? If he takes less, I could see him going to Tampa Bay and trying to win a ring with them to replace Shaq Barrett. Okay. Kansas City makes a lot of sense as well. Uh, that would be crazy. Yeah, it would be. Um, the Packers are a possibility. Uh-huh. Uh, and, and kind of my dark horse here, um, I got two dark horses here. I think it's either could either be the Niners or the Patriots. Okay. All right. I mean, I... I... I think maybe he uh, could be a candidate for the Cardinals uh, if they don't move on from Jones or even if they do move on from Jones. I think that they really need a pass rusher and maybe he likes that area of the world. So maybe he could say maybe he could go to Arizona for the Cardinals. Hassan Reddick's an interesting name here too with the Cardinals because he had a bunch of sacks, really came out this year. They may have found a spot for him, but he he might be a guy they have to franchise tag. I I compare Hassan Reddick to Leonard Williams to me, it's the exact same scenario. Didn't do anything prior to this and then broke out. And yep. now it's a tough decision because you don't want to give up a guy that had double digit sacks. But to me, I, I just don't know. Uh, our friend Corey Richmond says Cleveland for Von Miller, which if they don't land JJ Watt, I mean, him and Miles Garrett would be a oh, big yeah. problem. You know, uh, I think that, that, that could be a good fit too. I just think Cleveland's obsessed with Watt. Like, it seems like they really want him and they're willing to pay him. I, I, JJ Watt to Cleveland, to me, seems like that's just going to happen. How about another dark horse team, a team that really needs some defensive help, and that's the Seahawks. I mean, why wouldn't they be all in on Von Miller at this point? I think they got to settle what's going on with Russell Wilson first. Like, you know, we didn't mention them with a lot of offensive linemen, maybe Trent Williams, maybe Joe Tooney. you, you got to give Russell Wilson what he wants, unless you're just sick of his shit and you want him gone, which I well, find I, hard to believe. Yeah. And we didn't really talk about the Russ situation that much, but I mean, he seems like he wants some uh, personnel control uh, there in, in Seattle. Well, maybe he wants Von Miller, you know, maybe that would make him happy if you get him an elite pass rusher to go along with uh, what's his name that they acquired from Carlos Cincinnati. Dunlap. Carlos Dunlap. I think that would be a damn good pass rush duo. Yeah. I, but you know, watching the other quarterback getting hit and then you getting hit <laughs> it may not be too enjoyable. Yeah. I just think of Von Miller, uh, Jamal Adams defense yeah. would be, would be fun. Oh, it'd be good. Yeah. They would have some interesting, uh, players if that was the case, but you know, Von Miller, if he gets released, I mean, look, I mean, he, his impact he made for the Broncos is pretty substantial and he's probably had a hall of fame career at this point too said wall hall of fame quite a bit on the show maybe we need to do uh active players who are going to make the hall of fame segment on the show in the future i i think that would be very popular among the masses i think i think that's something we need to plan all right well 
we are nearing the end of the show, but we're going to do a little something called the uh, send off of the week. And uh, <laughs> I don't really know how other way to describe this woman other than uh, what the Gen Z's call a Karen, uh, someone who just gets upset about something and probably shouldn't be so upset about something. Uh, if you didn't know this, Tom Brady won his seventh Lombardi trophy just a little over two weeks ago. And since the last time we spoke, Matt Bushnell, there was a parade of boats to celebrate this uh, accomplishment in which Tom Brady maybe gets a little too uh, intoxicated and enjoys himself a little too much. In which I'm sure you all have seen the clip, Brady, with the mo- probably the most accurate pass he's ever thrown, takes the Lombardi trophy <laughs> and throws it to Cameron Brate, who's standing on another boat about 10 yards away. Great throw, really lined it up great, put it in the perfect spot. Cameron Brate rose up, grabbed it, you know, great throw all around. Good moment, all that stuff, kind of like everyone's like, no, don't do it. And it's like, oh, that was awesome. Now, and I just want to get her name right here. Uh, Lorraine Gros is the daughter of Greg Gros. And Greg Gros is the man who handcrafted the very first Lombardi trophy in 1960. And she was not happy with Tom Brady throwing the Lombardi trophy. And she said, quote, it just upset me that this trophy was disgraced and disrespected by being thrown as if it was a real football. And then she saw gone on to say some other Karen type things and some triggered type things. Look, lady, you think if George Washington knew what happens with dollar bills, he would be that happy about it. Or (laughs) uh, (laughs) there's so many other instances of things uh, that represent other things that just get disrespected on a regular basis. Tom Brady has won seven of these things. Now Uh, I understand if he doesn't totally uh, care about it (laughs) as much as the others. And I would, I would commend you to go look at what NHL players do to Stanley cup. (laughs) They literally drink everything out of the Stanley cup. They eat cereal out of the Stanley cup. They probably do other things that we have no idea. to the Stanley Cup. Yes. I got, I have no doubt about that. Uh, So Matt, do you read the story? What the hell is this woman talking about? This has nothing to do with her. I just want to know where she was in 2019 when Rob <laughs> Gronkowski used it as a baseball bat. <laughs> yes. Like, what the hell? You, you, you want to pick out Tom Brady? Like, look, I, I am not going to front here. I, I have a very love-hate relationship with Tom Brady. Yeah. I absolutely think he's a fantastic quarterback. Probably one of the best of all time. You can't even question it anymore. It is what it is. This is so stupid to go after Tom Brady like this. Like, was it the original Lombardi trophy? It's not even named after your father. I know, God, yeah. I would hate to see my father's creation being tossed around like a beanbag. But God damn it, it's Super Bowl. What was it, 55? 55 yeah. of these things have been yeah. created and made and handed to the team. It's not even the original one. I'm sorry, but you're picking the wrong battle here. I have a replica of this uh, for Don't my fantasy football it. trophy. Don't and, you throw it. And there is a hole right here because Tanner Wolf, uh, our friend in football life, took it to Arrowhead when he won this trophy. <laughs> and I don't know what else has been done to this thing. I don't want to know, but I promise you, it's not that special. It's it's cool. Like I love the Lombardi trophy, uh, but several versions of this thing have been made and i think you need to lighten up just a little bit here lady uh it's not even named after your dad i understand he crafted it but like no one knows who invented the dollar bill everyone knows george washington's face is on it so it's uh it's, i would be if i was but maybe vince lombardi's rolling over it's great but i think vince lombardi would be like hell yeah party your ass off you've won seven of me you, you know and my thing is 
where does it rank on the all-time tropes? I mean, Stan, the Stanley Cup. I mean, I'm not a, I, I, I like hockey, yeah. and I'm not the biggest hockey fan, but that's to me that's like the number one trophy. Like that, that one's just so yeah. cool because of what happens with it. Yes. <laughs> number two, I love the World Series trophy, but I agree. Um, to me, it's a toss-up at two between the NBA one, you know, the Larry O'Brien trophy. trophy, and the World Series trophy. And dead last is the Lombardi trophy. It's a yeah. football on top of this thing. It's not even gold plated. It's not even gold. It's like platinum or silver. It just, I, I, I don't like it. And I, I would uh, commend this woman to go to any person who doesn't care about football and ask them what they think the trophy looks like. Uh, and I bet most of them would think it looks like a penis. So, yes. uh, <laughs> so I don't think the trophy, uh, I mean, look, I understand it. You won the trophy and it, it matters. And I, I personally think the Lombardi trophy is a legendary piece of uh, a history that we you know we should cherish, but Tom Brady's won seven of these things. It's not like it's the only one he's ever won and it might not be the last one he wins. So uh, lighten up. I think you have to appreciate uh, what happened. And it was a great moment. I really enjoyed watching that. I think it was so much fun and, and seeing the, all the angles of it and the potential of it falling in the water and what could have happened if that actually happened and Gronk diving in there to get it. That would have been even more entertaining, I think. And it was nice to see Brady humanized a little bit, Definitely. like a drunk college co-ed, like, yes. Tom, good for you, you <laughs> drunk son of a bitch. <laughs> he obviously had fun with it himself, tweeting about the avocado tequila. Uh, look, I'm sure he enjoyed having a parade where he didn't have to wear three layers of jackets and gloves and a hat. I'm sure partying in Florida was a lot more fun than partying in Boston. All right, Matt Bushnell, we have a wonderful uh, bunch of shows under this Life Group podcast umbrella, and we had a professional basketball player in Bala's life. I mean, we are doing some big things. Why don't you tell us about them? Yeah, absolutely. The Step Back Podcast, I'm not sure if the boys are going Wednesday because they had Kenny Anderson on last night. It's on YouTube. It's on Apple Podcasts, you know, iTunes. It's on Spotify. It's on Facebook, damn it. You can catch it. <laughs> I strongly suggest you watch it. Um, he has some interesting takes. Some I agreed with, some I didn't, but he's a professional basketball player. Who am I to argue? Great show, The Step Back, Leon Tompkins, Jacob Anthony Moses. Hell of a show. Hell of a podcast. Just really great overall. Love that podcast. Check it out. The Work Shoot Wrestling Podcast. You know, it, it, we're getting to that season. As Felipe Melicio likes to say, they're, it's sign pointing year or season <laughs> where everyone points at the WrestleMania sign. So Corey Richmond, Jason Brooks, they're ramping up to it. a lot of AEW news. So don't miss that. Corey Richmond, Jason Brooks do a great job. And then we have the Total Basis podcast with Felipe and Sean. They're building teams out of six teams. It's an interesting listen. I love it. My guy, Ricky Velasquez, was on it last week. Absolutely loved it. Um, Dong City on Monday with Henry Maldonado Jr., Vince Mercandetti. They are doing the tournament of baseball movies. Mm -hmm. It's going to be controversy. It, it, it just is there's controversy involved when you go with critics yes. over fans yes. i watched it i didn't agree with some i agreed with others i i'm i'm, I'm i want to see a winner and i'm going to have a lot to say about the winner and i know there's going to be a special guest this coming um week and then again the next week so stay tuned for those guests and then the Audible, Randy, we are taking next week off, but we'll be back on March 9th. Yes. 
where this is a lull in the NFL time period. So I think it's an opportunity for us to spend a little bit, maybe an hour and a half longer with our families and instead of shooting the shit about football, that's not happening. So <laughs> we will see you guys in two weeks, but seriously, if you haven't got the chance to go check out Kenny Anderson on the step back, uh, I humbly say, I think it was the best podcast that we've ever had under the life group podcast umbrella. It is not easy to get guests that have credibility guests that have played professionally. Uh, these guys got a guy who was a two-time all-star former number two overall pick in 1991. And literally you would, if you just watched the podcast for the first time, you would have thought he was on the show regularly with them. Oh yeah. They had yeah. natural chemistry from the jump. Those guys were so good. Uh, I cannot say enough about it. I watched it this morning. I, I loved it. I mean, Kenny Anderson had great stories. Uh, they, those guys came and brought it with the questions and I'm so impressed. And I think, it, I mean, I, we've done, we've done 48 episodes of this show. Donk city has almost 50 episodes. Same with the step back. I think that one is the best one we've had in a little over a year that we've done these shows. And I, I mean, I I'm proud of the work we've done, Matt, but we got some work to do to compete with that. And I think that's a good thing. It competition's a good thing here. We got to get going and get some professional football players on the show. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I got a guy. He keeps on putting me off. So <laughs> I, I'm going to have to have words with him. I got some sources. Don't worry. I got to I got to pull some strings here and figure something out. But yeah, go and, and Donk City, the, the, uh, the movie uh, breakdown, too. That's always fun. And uh, I got to listen to that show from last night. I haven't had the chance, but I'm going to check it out tonight or tomorrow. Cause uh, I'm probably going to go on and yell about a football, uh, yell about some movies here in the near future. So, yeah. all right, Matt Bushnell, uh, it's time for us to say goodbye. Do you have any parting words for the audience? You know what? Just hug each other, love each other, be kind, and don't beat yourself up, Randy, with Leonard Williams returning as a giant. <laughs> I'm just going to pretend it doesn't happen because as of now, it hasn't. So that's the way I'm going to roll with the punches here. All right. Well, I'm Randy Hammond on behalf of Matt Bushnell saying thank you guys. Thank you guys. Thank you guys. Wherever you are listening, however you are listening, thank you guys for making us a part of your day. We'll see you in two weeks. Take care.